All right, good to see everybody out tonight. Let's go ahead and stand. Page 408 at the bottom. Jeff Haynes, how about you open us in a word of prayer? May be seated, page 390 at the bottom. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest free, but only lean on Jesus' name. Is 
covenant is blood. Support me in the wailing flood. Make over my soul be swayed. He finished all my hope and stay. One cross is solid. Rock I stand on the ground. Is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Page 300. 41. Oh, the free we have in Jesus, all our sins. Stand again, page 296. <clears throat> oh, what a shout will rise and Thank you. 
see everybody. I pray that you've had a good afternoon. Did everybody get their sleep, their nap in? Yeah, amen. Well, I'm glad I didn't. So, his life will be a short service tonight. <laughs> amen. It's good to see all of you. Uh, just to want to remind you that the next Sunday is our Christmas play. I'm looking so forward to that. I've heard a little bit of the practice and those kids are doing great. They're doing tremendous, and I'm looking forward to the play and what what we're going to hear and learn from all of that. So be much in prayer for
Good. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, we appreciate that. Let's take our Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter number one tonight. It is a blessing to see all of you here tonight. Appreciate all of you turning aside and coming to the church house. Matthew chapter number one. <clears throat> Plan, I plan on just staying around the theme of Christmas time until Christmas and uh, look at some things from different accounts about Jesus coming into our world. I want you to look with me in Matthew chapter number one tonight if you'll stand to honor the reading of God's word when you find that account. Matthew chapter number one. Again, uh, and naturally it's a very familiar passage of scripture just like the one this morning out of Luke chapter number 2. But we want to look tonight in Matthew chapter 1's account. And he's got a, a, little, different, a little different thought about it and I want to look at something tonight from it. Verse number 18 of Matthew 1 says it like this. says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophets, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is... God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. I want to take these few verses tonight and look at this thought on the forgotten Christmas hero, the forgotten. Christmas hero. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Father, tonight, Lord, we love you and thank you so much for the love that, Lord, we experience minute by minute of every day. I thank you for loving me the way you do. Thank you for loving my family the way you do and providing so, so abundantly for us. I thank you, Lord, for loving this church the way you do. Lord, you're mighty kind to us, mighty, mighty mighty sweet to us and we appreciate it and fathers we gather together tonight one more time around the good word of God I pray father that you'd bless this time together and Lord speak to some heart tonight in some in some fashion in some way and we'll thank you and praise you for everything that you'll do for us in Jesus name we pray and all of God's people said amen, amen. you can be seated tonight Christmas, as I said this morning, Christmas is a wonderful time of the year. And I know we've got a lot of 
Scrooges and, and uh, bar humbugs out there about it. And even in the preacher realm, there's a lot of preachers that would get up and say a lot against Christmas time and that we ought not to celebrate it and things like that. But I love Christmas time. I love the spirit of it. I love everything about it. Uh, and I try to make the most of it, especially since I got saved and I understand the true meaning of Christmas, which is Jesus Christ. And you, if you think about Christmas time, every, every aspect of Christmas speaks of Jesus Christ. You think of the, the lights of Christmas, speak of the light of the world, which is Jesus Christ. He said this, he said, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was God, and the same was in the beginning with God. He said, all things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Jesus Christ is the light of the world. And those lights that we view, the lights up here tonight, they speak to us of the light of Jesus Christ. You think about the gifts that are wrapped and put around a tree. That tells us and speaks to us of the great gift, Jesus Christ. The unspeakable gift of Jesus Christ to us all. The trees that we have, and I'm sure all of us have one in our home or or uh, maybe around our home, the tree speaks of the tree where Jesus was put to an open shame to suffer and died upon for you and I. That tree speaks of the tree of Jesus Christ. And then the spirit of Christmas speaks of the spirit of Christ sent into the world to convince men that we all need Jesus and we all need him. Can I get a witness right there? Uh, no matter what our condition is, no matter where we're at in life, we all need Jesus Christ. And I've learned one big thing about this life, whether I'm in a hospital or whether I'm on, on the streets doing well, I need Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. And then you think about the cold time. Uh, I was told tonight, Sister Marlene told me in a couple of weeks, they're already predicting maybe some snow. I hope we get it for about two days, and then I've had enough of that. Amen. And uh, you think about the cold time that we're in. The coldness represents this cold, hardened world that Jesus Christ came into when he was born into this world. It is a cold world, and it's getting colder and colder and colder to the things of God, and especially Jesus Christ. I saw, a, I saw an article the other day, read it. And it was about a, a, some, some books in a school library. And uh, in that article, it went on to say that Kirk Cameron, how many of you know who Kirk Cameron is? He's a Christian and he's trying to promote the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, he wrote a book or was associated with a book in some way. And he wanted to put that particular book, which talked about faith and Christ and believing on Jesus Christ. They wanted to get that particular book in school libraries. Well, they would not allow it. Uh, they banned it from the school library and on behalf of the, you know, it, it tried to influence the kids in a particular way. But then on the other hand, they allowed a recent book that has just been written by transvestite they, uh, this book teaches children 
how to go through how to go through transitional gender gendering they call it transitional gendering without parents consent and they allow that book to be in our in our public schools and if you don't think this this world is cold toward the things of Jesus Christ you you've got your head stuck in the sand this world hates Jesus Christ it hates him now more than it ever has and it's getting colder and colder as we near the coming of Jesus Christ some would need to, some would dare say that we need to take the reference of Jesus Christ out of Christmas it's impossible how can you celebrate Christmas without Jesus Christ? That's who it's all about. That would be like saying, well, we need to take you out of your birthday. How do we take you out of your birthday? I was born August the 12th. We get on August the 12th, we're going to celebrate. Amen. And somebody asked me one time when I turned 60, he said, does that bother you that you're 60 now? I said, Lord, no, I didn't think I'd make it this far. Can I get an amen right there? It ain't going to bother you, Warren. It's a good time. Amen. But, but anyway, uh, you, you think about that. They say we need to take Christ completely out of some others say, well, you know, it's too commercialized. And that may be true and all like that. And I, I agree with parts of that. But still, it's a great time of the year if you're a Christian and understand the true meaning of Jesus Christ. Here we come to this portion of Scripture in Matthew chapter 1, where it is the account of Jesus Christ being born into this world. And there's, you know, I, th I thought about the other day, I thought, well, I could do a series of messages on Christmas, and I could do about the prophecies of Christmas, then we could talk about the people of Christmas in another portion of that series. And you think about all the people that are involved in this story called Christmas. Of course, there's Jesus Christ, the main character of the, of the story, but then there's people like Mary, there's people like the wise men, the shepherds, the angels, and all of that that went on during the time and birth of Jesus Christ. But here we come to a man by the name of Joseph. And Joseph isn't thought of much around Christmas time other than maybe what we just read tonight. But Joseph is a very predominant part of the Christmas story. And I, I would say tonight that he maybe is the forgotten hero of Christmas. And that's what I want to mention tonight. That's what I want to preach about is the forgotten Christmas hero, Joseph. He's only mentioned some 15 times in, in Scripture by name. And the very last time that he's mentioned is found in the Gospel of John, chapter 6, where it says this, The Jews then murmured at him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, Is not this Jesus the son of Joseph? And that's the very last mention of Joseph in all of the Word of God. You think about Joseph and he just kind of is in the background of everything. He's not playing a central figure. He's not playing, uh, so to speak, he's not playing, he's not playing the figure of uh, like Mary, who is, you know, the virgin and all like that. He's not an angel. He's not one of the wise men. He's not any of that. He's just kind of in the background 
but he's there and playing a very important role in the story of Christmas time. You think about jo Joseph and all that he did. He just kind of comes in silent and he leaves the same way silently. Matter of fact, I learned something about studying the life of Joseph. Not one word that he ever spoke is mentioned in Scripture. You don't never read about Joseph saying anything. Not one word is recorded for us that Joseph had to say. He was just a very quiet individual. You don't read about the day that he died. And I believe that he died early in the life of Jesus Christ. We know that he was there at the age of 12. But I believe right after that time period, I believe Joseph passed the scene. And Joseph comes in silently, he leaves silently, but he plays this major role in Christmas time. And I want to say just three simple things about Joseph tonight and just kind of uh, look at his life and, and say these things and then see what God will do with it. I want to say, number one, that Joseph was just a man. You know, sometimes we think about the different characters of the Bible. And we maybe look at them and we look at them through idolized eyes and we look at them and we think, my, there's no way that I could do something like they did or uh, this must have been someone very special. I want to say this, that every person we read about in the Bible is just a person. There was nothing special about them. They were just somebody, some ordinary person that decided that they were going to go with God. And that's what made the difference in their lives. And Joseph was this chosen man. A man chosen, handpicked by God for some reason. And that reason was to bring his son into this world. He was a caretaker, if you will, of Jesus. And we'll get to that in just a minute. But Joseph was handpicked by God. Just like Mary was. Just like... Just like uh, anyone else was, he was handpicked by God Almighty to be the person that brought Jesus into the world. He was just a man. Many times we get the wrong impressions of the different people in the Bible. We read stories about like Abraham who Abraham was in the Ur of the Chaldees and God called him out of the Ur of the Chaldees and said, I want you to go to a land that I'm going to show you up. I'm not going to tell you where to go. I just want you to learn to follow me. And boy, he had a hard time of it, but he finally learned how to follow God and made it to the promised land. And, and Abraham is, is kind of idealistic in our eyes idealist in our eyes and and we wonder how did this man not knowing where he was going ever learn how to follow God he must have been some great man no he was just a man then we think of somebody maybe like Moses and Moses stepped out there with a rod of God over the Red Sea and held it over the Red Sea and God used that to divide the Red Sea in two different parts. And we look at Moses and we think, man, he was something great. I could never do anything like my... But Moses was just a man. You think about Elijah. Elijah prayed and it would not rain for three and a half years. Prayed again and it rained. 
and we listen to something like that and we think, oh, that was just some, some special deal. But the Bible tells us that Elijah was a man subject to like passions, just like me, just it could have been Leo sitting back there. It could have been Terry Ransom sitting over there. No, it couldn't have been Leo. I take that back. It could have been anybody else sitting here, but not, I'm messing with you, Leo. It, it, we all know why I said that about Leo, amen. But it could have been, it could have been any one of us in here. God uses those who make up their mind that they want God to use their lives. There's nothing special about uh, somebody that, that God uses other than they just say, God, here I am, use me. And he was just a man like anyone else in this room. He was a carpenter by trade, worked hard, I'm, I suppose, was a very hardworking man. Maybe his hands were calloused. Maybe they were worn through years of laboring in the carpenter shop, working with carpentry tools and things like that, working with wood. Maybe he had splinters in his hands and maybe some of it was infected or infested where he got those splinters up in his hands. But Joseph was just an ordinary man, just like any person in this room. And I say all of that to say this, God can use anybody. It does not matter. Your background does not matter. Your wealth does not matter. Your education is none of that. It's you and God. And if you've got a willing heart to say, God, here I am, use me. God can use your life. Can I get a witness right there? He was, he was called and chosen by God. He was, he was commissioned by God. Joseph fulfills the great commission placed upon him to take care of Jesus Christ in this world. Think about that. He was given a son, a holy son. And he was called his name Emmanuel, God with us. This was no ordinary child that he had took care of. This was Jesus Christ, the Holy Son of God. And he placed, he placed Jesus into the hands of Joseph. And he says, take care of my son. You know, I believe this with all of my heart. I believe no matter what God gives any of us to do, it is a high calling. I believe that with all of my life. They voted Derek Howard in at, at Talmo Baptist. Brother Terry said hospital, but it's actually church. And uh, they voted him in today, and I sent him a text and congratulated him. I said, congratulations, Pastor. And he re replied back to him, and I said, the highest, highest calling in, in life is to be called by God to do anything. And he said, I believe that. And, and we text back and forth a little bit. But to do anything for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is the highest calling that anybody could ever be afforded. I mean, think about it, that God would ask any of us to do anything is amazing in itself. I came from a very rough background, came from a very rough past in my, uh, before God saved me. But God saved me. Started working on my life and cleaning up my life. Started making, trying to make something out of me. And I, I've counted an honor and a privilege tonight to serve the Lord Jesus Christ.
There's no higher calling on earth. I wouldn't, I wouldn't stoop to being president of the United States for the calling that God's placed upon my life. I believe it's higher than any, any presidency or senate or congressman. I think being the preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ is the higher calling of, of them all. And thank God that God has asked me to do some small part in his kingdom. You know what made Joseph uncommon? God. God in his life. I like to serve. But God, hush, I ain't talking to you. But God, God was working in Joseph's life and Joseph surrendered to the will of God for his life. That's what made him an uncommon man in this world. He was just a man. But I want to say this. Secondly, he was a just man. We read about it in the text. It said that he was being, he being a just man thought to put Mary away privily. When he found out that she was pregnant, he knew the rumors. He knew how, how the rumor mill would get started. He knew what would be said about Mary and about himself and all the things that would be noised abroad and, and the shame that it would bring to Mary and himself and, thing, and to his families and her family. He knew all the consequences of what was about to happen. You know why? Because he knew people. I told him, I said, you know, the Bible says that the devil is the accuser of the brethren. I do believe that the, the devil's a Baptist. I do. Baptists are good at accusing one another of different things. Amen. But he knew, and so he was thinking on, on these things. He, think, he thought, I'll, I'll just put her away privily, and nobody will know, nobody will be any wiser, and, and she can have the child, and and things will be okay. But he says as he thought on these things. The Holy Ghost said to him. Spoke to him. And he just did what God told him to do. He was a just man. You know it do all of us. It do me well in life. To learn to listen to God. <laughs> How many times I've decided I'm going to do this. And go to do this. And God says no go this way. Or no don't do that. Do this. And I, in my stubbornness, go on my way. How many times I'd say myself a licking if I'd learned to listen to the Lord. He was a just man. He walked with God. He talked with God. God could talk with him. God could handle the deep most secrets with him. And God could tell him things and direct his path and he would go that way and do this, whatever it was that God told him to do. He was minded to do it. Look in chapter 2, would you? Look in Matthew chapter number 2. This amazed me about studying the life of Joseph. Look in, look in chapter 2. In chapter 2, it says in, in verse number 12, it says, And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. And when they departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. God told him, he warned him about going a certain way. And Joseph was the kind of man that could just hear God's voice and obey God's voice. 
and how we all would be better off if we learned to listen to the voice of God. Oh, I wish I was more in tune with him. I wish I could hear him more readily, more easily. And when he spoke, I could, I could just say, okay, Lord, that's what was going to happen. Look in, look in chapter 2. Chapter 2. There's another place where it said that he told him. Here it is in chapter, chapter 2, verse 19 or verse 20. It says, or verse 19, But when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and go into the land of Israel, for they are dead which sought the young child's life. And look at this. And he arose and took the young child and his mother and came into the land of Israel. No matter what it was that God told him to do, he just simply obeyed it. Wouldn't our, all of our lives be simpler if we just learned how to just simply obey the voice of God? That was Joseph. He was a just man. He, he followed the Lord. He made sure that whatever the Lord told him to do. What did, why, I believe one of the reasons that he was like that is because he realized the value of Jesus Christ in his life. He realized that God had entrusted to him a great treasure. And listen, God has entrusted to every one of us a great treasure with Jesus Christ in our lives. And we should be willing, more than willing, to just simply obey the Lord no matter what he wants. It began in his heart, but it was lived out in his home. The Bible says that when the angel of the Lord told him what to do, fear not, Joseph, take unto her to be your wife. It says that he knew her not until she had brought forth her firstborn son. He knew her not. He lived out his justness in his home. It wasn't just a matter of living it before the public eye. He wanted to live it in the private life of the home and Joseph was a just man. He loved the life God had given him and Mary together. I know it was a big inconvenience. I know there was other things that they could have been doing. But Joseph loved living for Jesus. Do you love living for him? Do you love just glorifying God with your life? That's what the Lord wants all of us to do is just glorify him in, in our lives. He was uh, just a man. That's all he was. And he was a just man. But I want to say this lastly. He was a Jesus man. Everywhere you see Joseph, you'll find Jesus. <laughs> he made sure that he carried him everywhere he went. Every time Joseph went somewhere, Jesus was right there. And you know what I got to noticing? That when Joseph would carry Jesus, somebody else would get blessed because he had Jesus with him. He carried him into the temple at eight days old and for the dedication and circumcision of the child. And old Anna got blessed. And then the old man got blessed. 84-year-old man got blessed. Why? Because Joseph had Jesus with him. You know what? We all have Jesus in us. 
And we need to make sure that we portray him to this world and make sure that this world gets blessed because we've got Jesus with us no matter where we go. His life was centered around Jesus Christ. Everywhere Joseph went, he carried Jesus with him. And if you see Joseph, you see Jesus, they were inseparable, inseparable to the hip. Joseph was a Jesus man. It cost him something, but it was worth it. His life was altered because of Jesus Christ. I'm sure he had plenty of work to do back at the shop, but he had another job to do, which is given to him by God Almighty, and that was to take care of his son, Jesus Christ. Had to flee into Egypt to escape the child's death by Herod. Had to wait in Egypt for... uh, I don't know how long it was that he waited in Egypt, but there he was down in Egypt. Could have been back home working, but I'm sure God took care of him while he was down there in Egypt. And Joseph just simply obeyed the Lord, and and it inconvenienced his life, but he was willing to do what God told him to. Jesus carried Joseph into the temple. Those others got blessed, and everywhere Joseph went, there was Jesus with him. Consider this. I want you to consider this. I've been asking people, especially the kids, what you want for Christmas? What you want? What, what do you want for Christmas? And you know kids, I mean, they've got a list longer than they are. And you talk to them, what you want for Christmas? But you ever thought about this? It's Jesus' birthday. I wonder what he'd want for Christmas. Lord, what would you want for Christmas? I read a story one time that said... This little girl was opening her, her gifts at Christmas time, and somebody asked her, said, did you get everything you wanted for Christmas? She thought a minute. She said, well, no, but after all, it's not my birthday. I wonder if we ask Jesus tonight, Lord, what would you want for Christmas? I bet you I know what he'd say. I bet you I know what he would say. I want you, you, I just want you, I want you, I just want you, that's what I want. The Bible does tell us in Romans chapter 12, it says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies, living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Not being conformed to this world, but being transformed by the renewing your mind to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. He says, my son, give me your heart. What would be the greatest gift that any one of us could give Jesus Christ this year? It's his birthday. We should be asking him, Lord, what would you want? Lord, what would you have me give? I believe he'd say, just give me you. I'll take care of the rest. Just make sure I have all of you. I'll do the rest. He was a Jesus man. Joseph, the forgotten hero of Christmas. He was just a man. Like any one of us in this room tonight. He didn't have any special qualifications that made him Joseph. Other than he was Joseph. But he was willing to raise his hand and say, God, here I am. 
He was a just man. He did what God wanted him to do. And then he was a Jesus man. Everywhere he went in life, there was Jesus. I want to be that kind of man. I want to be a Jesus man. I want to be sure that when I am doing anything, I've got Jesus front and center with me. I've been having some work done at the house. I'll tell this story on Keith. I've been having some work done at the house, and they got there a day late, and that was understandable and, and all. So they got there, and they, when they got there, they worked about, what, about three hours and took off. I thought, well, okay. So then they come another day, and they work one hour, and they take off again. Well, I got a little ill. I mean, you hire someone to do something, you want them to do it right, you know, want them to do it. So they were gone from mid-morning to past dinner, past lunchtime. And they got back on the job. I heard them out there, and I went to the back door, and I motioned at him. I said, come here. <laughs> he looked at me kind of strange. He walked in my door, and I shut the door. I turned around, and I said, is this how we're going to roll? Oh, no, 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 no. I said, you ain't worked a half a day out of two days, and you ain't worked a half a day yet. I said, I've hired you to come build me a, a, a roof over my deck. You going to do it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think it put the fear of God in him or something, you know. And Boy, they got to work, and they raised that roof in no time. <laughs> Took them about a day. Took them about a day to get the roof up and then got it shingled and everything. But through all of that, me and him became the best buddies. And we was just, we was just cutting up with each other. And I started talking to them about the Lord and invited them to church. They were here this morning. You know, we all encounter different things in life. We encounter different, you know, things that happen. But we can still carry Jesus with us through it all. We can still let Jesus shine forth. And his son was on the job with him, or stepson, I think it is. Bobby's his name. His son told me on the way out today, he said, I'm bringing my family here next Sunday. We'll be back. And I'm praying they will. I want my life to make a difference for Jesus Christ. No matter how ill I may get with somebody, I still want to be a witness for Jesus Christ and want him to be the forefront of anything, any deal that I have to be, be involved in. I want Jesus Christ to be right there with me through it all. He makes a difference in this world. Can I get a witness? He makes the difference. And if we just always remember that no matter what we're dealing with, no matter who we're dealing with, Jesus is right there. And we get determined we're going to be Jesus people. And we're going to show Jesus Christ to this world no matter what we've got to do. We'll see a difference made in this world. Amen. Let's all stand tonight. Jesus, what do you want for Christmas? Sis, you come to the piano. This is a... December the 11th, two more Sundays and we're going to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ.
going to have a special day that day here at the church and uh, going to celebrate the birth of Christ and together. I'm praying that God will do big things that day. I want to ask you something.